you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago on a donkey to celebrate his final Passover. The Jewish people were celebrating with palm branches, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord with the expectation for a deliverance from the Romans' rule in their land where they were experiencing oppression. If you recall also in Luke's gospel that the religious leaders told Jesus, why don't you rebuke your disciples or rebuke the people from saying that? And he says, uh-uh. If I, in other words, if I say to stop, even the stones will cry out. So today we'll be looking at John 13, 31 to 38. And I'll read that scripture to refresh our mind. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And glorify him at once. Wow, you guys got that? It's a lot of stuff loaded there. Mm. Mm. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. May the Lord add his blessings to his word. The crucifixion will be the next day And during supper, Judas was dismissed to go and complete his betrayal plan with the religious authorities. Now in his absence, Jesus began his farewell address to his 11 beloved disciples. Where he instituted also the Lord's Supper. Something that Judas, as an unbeliever, could not take part in. He could not share in that. 
Jesus was out of the group called, controlled by the prince of darkness while the beloved disciples is with the light of the world. What a contrast. Judas is out there stumbling in darkness to collect his 30 pieces of silver while the eleven sat with the light of the world. Getting instructions as how to manage the ministry and themselves when they'll be left alone when their Messiah is gone. He'll be absent. He won't be in their presence. So as Judas was sent to collect his 30 pieces of silver, which he will regret, there's something here about money. Managing money is one thing, but loving money is another thing. It's the root of all kinds of evil, the Bible said, that plunged many in ruins and destruction. And we see that with Judah's life. What an example not to follow. Running after money. Betraying people. Betraying people's confidence for money. When Judas left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. I hope everybody got that, right? It's loaded. Verse, one, verse 31 reads, When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. Taking it from the top, the Son of Man is the heavenly messianic title which Jesus used for himself. Daniel talks about that in Daniel 7. The one, the Son of Man, is the one who has been given eternal rule over the whole world. And Isaiah described that again when that will be fully realized. That will be coming. Now the Son of Man is glorified, anticipates the Lord's redemption work accomplished. It's a done deal. It's finished as far as he's concerned. A couple of things to look at as to how Jesus will be glorified. He's glorified because of his self-sacrifice love. He's glorified because of his self-sacrifice love. Jesus' death seemed like defeat. But it was the very means by which lost sinners will be saved and bringing glory to Jesus himself. You see, the cross appeared to be a shameful, disastrous defeat for Jesus. But he and the Father had the situation under control. Regardless of what Jesus faced, he was the master of the situation all the time. No one takes my life from me, he said, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. Discharge I have received from my father. Total control of the situation. The Son of Man is also glorified because His death covers all the tenses of salvation 
the past, the present, and the future. All means that the believer is well secured. The next thing we notice also that God is glorified in him. By Jesus accomplishing God's divine mandate, God is glorified in Jesus. He says in John 17:4, I have glorified thee on earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Church in Christ, death and resurrection, God is glorified because Satan's death certificates that was held against those of faith has been canceled. Gone. Kaput. God is glorified in Jesus because God was able to express his faithfulness. When Adam and Eve plunged the human race into sin, God promised a redeemer. Today, in the tongue of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And finally, God is glorified in Jesus because Christ's death and resurrection is a demonstration of God's ultimate love. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the last part there also, that God will glorify Jesus in himself. Now beyond the cross, Jesus will be exalted at the Father's right hand. In Philippians 2.9, it reads, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So we can see, Jesus is glorified. The Father is glorified in Jesus. Jesus is glorified himself. And finally, God glorifies Jesus immediately. How does that happen? Well, God will glorify Jesus immediately because the resurrection and the ascension will shortly follow the crucifixion. Done. That is why Jesus could use that verse 1 in such a manner. Now in verse 33, he says, little children, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Jesus, being affectionate and loving his disciples to the end, he addresses them as little children. Yet a little while I'm with you, you will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. The eleven disciples loved Jesus deeply and depended on him. They depended when he's around. And for Jesus to leave them was like a parent leaving their children and giving them instructions. As how to behave and how to get things done. Parents, you do that all the time. When you're about to leave home. You give instructions to your children. 
So, Jesus' absence was not something the disciples were looking forward to. They weren't looking forward to have this experience. But Jesus told them, you cannot come now. But here is something I want you to do in my presence. And he gave them a new commandment. What is this new commandment? He gave them. It's a mandate. That you love one another. How? Just as I have loved you. Why? And what's the purpose? By love all people will know. That you are my disciples. If you have love. For one another. During Jesus absence. The disciples and his followers. Are to be governed. By the commandment of love. Throughout the church age. The new commandment, this new commandment is an extension of the old. The Ten Commandments taught love for God and for one's neighbor. The new says, love your enemies. That's the extension. Which he demonstrated by washing his betrayer's feet. This call from Jesus for, with the new commandment is to a higher degree of love. It is Jesus' love. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. This is the love that will keep believers strong and united in a hostile world. Hebrews 10.24 And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds throughout the church age. The church, Jesus was a living example of God's love. And we are, we are to be living examples of His love. Jesus' love reciprocates. Moves on from one to another. With believers. This new love Jesus commanding is more than a simple feeling. It's an attitude of the heart that comes with sincere godly action. The extent of this love commanded is not when it's convenient. This kind of love will take effort and sacrifice. The Christian discipleship is not to talk love, but to do love. This love is not a feeling, but an action. It is not a cross worn around the neck, or a lapel, or a bumper sticker, or some distinctive badge of sorts. Nothing wrong wearing and displaying them. For anyone could, could profess Christianity by these means. But the true mark of a Christian is Jesus' love. And this love requires divine power of the indwelling spirit beyond the natural. This new commandment is based on the example of Christ himself. He became a servant to his disciples by washing their feet. 
teaching them humility to serve one another, and ultimately humbled himself onto the cross. He went all the way. Didn't stop halfway. Do you understand what I've done to you? He asked the disciples. Do you understand what I've done to you? The believers have the challenging task in loving one another. It's broken people in a broken world loving broken people. We all are broken people. To love in, in overcoming all obstacles, the animosity, hate, unforgiveness, all of that is an inclusive deal in this love that Jesus is teaching us about and commanding us to do. Yes, the love is overcoming all obstacles, animosity, hate, and unforgiveness. This sacrificial love in the Greek is the word Agapo, which is impossible apart from the transforming power of a regenerated life. We live in a world where it's easy to love others when they love you. When they love me, it's very easy. The Apostle Paul exhorts believers in Ephesians 5-2, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. In 1 Corinthians, you all know this very well. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices truth. Love bears all things, believe all things, hopes all things, and endure all things. Say what? I wonder why I put those dots there. For me too. We'll do exercise today. The Apostle Paul shared this with us. And it's a gauge for godly love. It's helpful for the children of God to do this exercise often, to take stock of how we measure up, and then do the cleanup job by putting our name where the word love is before each of those virtues. Take a moment in quietness and let us reflect on this comprehensive word love. Put your name right where you see those dots are, in a silent way, and just say, Theo or Ronald is patient and kind, and keep going like that for a little while.
The exercise is not meant to knock us down because we all fall short. It is intended to shine light when we lose our way. It helps us realize that we can't let failures in our relationships and attitude ruin us. We can't let arguments over our own interests reflect poorly on the credibility of our Lord. People won't care much about what you and I know until they see how much we care. Jesus is saying to us and his disciples and us today, do you understand what I have done to you? The bitter disputes among the believers in homes, in marital relationships, in the churches, the work environment, and other places are not so much the issues by themselves, but as the unloving manner in the way they are handled. We all need to follow Jesus' prerequisite when it comes to living in harmony and keeping the unity in the bond of love. In Matthew 5, 24, 23, 24, he says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and sisters, and then come and offer your gift. First John 4, 10. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Jesus raised the bar very high in Luke 17. That pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sinned against you seven times, slap him. No, he didn't say that. Forgive him. I don't want anybody to slap me, okay? And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns you to seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Wow. Seven times, eh? I don't know. Six, I don't know what will happen, but seven. Hmm. Because God's love has transformed believers' hearts, believers have the resources to extend that love to others in forgiveness, especially when they repent. And as believers, when we know we do something wrong, we should repent. We should ask for forgiveness. Because I don't know if that brother will wait seven times. Or that sister will wait seven times. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgive you. Now the Lord's command extends beyond the church to embrace people. Yes, those people you rub shoulders with, wherever you are. In 1 Thessalonians 3.12, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Jesus' love is universal.
Galatians 6.10 Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of God. Now in verse 36 to 38, Peter is it again. You know Peter by now. He's at it again. There's an elephant in the room and he's not letting go. He's bothered and went back to Jesus' previous statement. He does not let things slide easily. The kind of a pragmatic kind of fellow. And Jesus saw good raw materials in him for leadership. No wonder Jesus will put the little rock to become the leader of the early church. Oh yes. Feed my lambs, Peter. Take care of my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep, Peter. Follow my lead, Peter. He's the man. Jesus is watching. Can you imagine Peter with Jesus? Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, Peter, but you will follow me afterwards. Peter again, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus responded with a question for him. Will you lay down your life for me, Peter? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. It is hard for the disciples to comprehend you are the Messiah. What about the establishment of the kingdom on earth? We have left everything to follow you, and now you are bailing out on us. Is that how you feel when God doesn't answer your prayer in the way you think he should answer them? Your desire? After all, they traveled together. Why now you want to go to this place alone? Peter had good in mind. He wants to protect Jesus. I will lay down my life for you. Jesus said in Matthew account, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Peter answered, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Mark had a report in Mark 14, 31. Records, not only Peter, but they all said the same thing. All 11. Aren't you the one of his disciples, the servant girl, said to Peter, I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter 
and the rooster crows. Imagine that look that Jesus gave Peter. Imagine that look. I don't know, but wonder what that look looks like. That Peter went back. How careful we have to be in our enthusiasm in making promises for the Lord and for others. How careful we have to be. At verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples, you have love for one another. The world will know believers belong to him. The church can have the correct doctrine and proclaim the truth, but unless believers love each other, it will not persuade unbelievers. Jesus wants us to be real, not superficial. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3 reads, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. We're just making noise. Empty noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I possess all I possess, to the, if I give to all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. What a lesson for all of us, as we pilgrimage here on earth, for the Lord, carrying the Lord's name, and to be a testimony for the Lord. With the new command. It is the disciples responsibility. Is to love one another. Just as Christ. Had loved them. They will certainly need this love. That same night. And following. When their master will be taken away from them. And the brave spokesman Peter. And all of them will fail their master. And the only glue to hold them together, will what they have to face, will be their love for Christ, and their love for each other. For perfect love, drive out fear, of all they will have to face, in his absence. When their master is gone. That will hold them together. And that's why Jesus is saying to them, do you understand what I'm doing? First John 4, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, but because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. That's how believers live. Through his love. And this is love. Not that we have loved God. But that he loved us and sent his son. To be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved. If God so loved us. We also ought 
to love one another. The sacrificial love of Jesus is the supreme standard of what the agape love looks like. Such love marks Jesus' true followers and will persuade unbelievers. He said it. It will happen. Through Jesus' death on the cross, he exemplified perfect love. Displaying true love is the evidence that we belong to Christ and to one another. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. One might ask, where can I find such love? The Bible says you already are loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You're already loved. He's going to ask that question. The starting point for those who have, who have yet to put their trust and faith in Jesus is to know that Jesus is the one who loves you and died for your sins. And you need to take the first step of finding this true love in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. That's your starting point. You're not a believer. That's where it all begins. For us believers, Jesus described the scope of his comprehensive love. The past, the present, and the future. And it's only when our trust and faith is in Christ we have the blessed assurance that we are loved and have the security we need to take the risk of loving others even when love is not returned. It will be easy at times in our relationships. It will take sacrifice with those expectations, those disappointments, those hurts, and those pains. Jesus also was troubled with what Judas did to him when he went out at night. He faced it too. He's not telling us to do something that he didn't experience. If love offered was always returned, there would be enough love to go around this world. But love is not always returned. That is the difference with Jesus' love versus the world's love. It's not going to be returned sometimes. Or most of the time. It is in Christ that we all find the true love of God. And in Him we see how to love and what it means to live for Him. That all men will know that we are His disciples. And they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Amen. Pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this reminder of your love and how we ought to love like you. 
If it was easy, you wouldn't have made it into a commandment. So help us, Lord, that our life's testimony will be credible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.